atheism, the lack of belief in God, that is not um, decreasing in any way, shape, or form. More and more people in the United States, more and more people around the world are non-religious. We are entering a secular future whether we like it or not. Welcome to Team Futurism. Today I am speaking with Thomas Sheedy, who is a founder and president of Atheists for Liberty. And I've been following, I mean, you know, I should say that I've been following the atheist movement for a while, ever since the, uh, you know, the new atheists became a thing with Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, all those folks. And it did become apparent to me as someone who, you know, was just kind of following that casually for the last few years, that that movement did just kind of begin to disperse. It it kind of kind of broke up, and it only came to my attention recently that it broke up in kind of sort of dramatic terms, in terms of the people who took atheism and added like a woke element to it. I think it actually had a technical name called atheism plus or something like this. When I you know started to like learn that this was a thing, it it struck me because atheism to me is just a lack of belief in God. So ever since atheism plus came around, atheism plus, I guess it is wokeism or, or whatever, social justice might be the term. Um, I, I have been a little bit turned off by the atheist movement until I will say that I stumbled across atheists for liberty, which I think very much holds true to just kind of a lack of belief in God, but making it the case that I want to pull up your website really quick. This is again atheistforliberty.org. And I'm I'm so fascinated by your values here, Thomas, because this I think is, is what the atheist movement should be about. And so just to highlight a couple of these, it's normalizing atheism, uh, preserve free thinking, safeguard secularism, and advance individual liberty. This, this is just like down the line. I think what people who have lack of belief in God, they should stand up for. Do you see yourself as trying to right the ship of the atheism movement? Or how do you see yourself positioned in that broader world of people who lack a belief in God? Because that that is how I see your movement. So first off, I want to say, Peter, thank you so much for having me on the show. I I, I feel like I could just let you just just talk and talk. I, I can just hang out and just observe <laughs> in the background because you're saying all the things that that usually I, I say every week on, on our own streams. So, yeah, we have positioned ourselves now as an organization to where we're trying to create a new movement in and of itself. I used to be a part of the new atheist movement years ago. It's kind of how I got my start in politics around 10 years ago. and in the preceding years after that, I started to see year after year after year social justice just dissolve and destroy a kind of neutral but massively uh, influential and important movement uh, that I always say uh, changed the world and could have continued to change the world for the better. Um, unfortunately, because of this kind of atheism plus that, that really started to occur a decade ago, um, it led to the ultimate destruction of the new atheist counterculture that once existed, a counterculture that needs to continue. Atheism, the lack of belief in God, that is not um, decreasing in any way, shape or form. More and more people in the United States, more and more people around the world are non-religious. We are entering a secular future whether we like it or not. And who would you rather have steering the ship, being on the main boat that's leading the charge of that wave of reason and atheism? Do you want it to be entities that push for social justice or entities that push for reason? 
rationality, that main lack of belief that brought atheists together, I think the second option is the best one. And that's exactly what we're doing here at Atheists for Liberty. We're bringing forth a new movement, a next evolution of the atheist movement. So there's a lot of topics I want to cover today, but since we're kind of, you know, meandering our way into this, let's just talk about wokeness for a minute. It sounds like we agree on this, but it'll be fun to pick apart maybe a little bit. You said that, you know, wokeism is, you know, divorced from reason. If wokeness isn't part of being reasonable. Well, I mean, defend that a little bit. How, How would you spell that out? Well, I've... I hate to use a woke excuse, but my own personal experiences, my (laughs) shared experience, my life experience uh, was the main way that I was able to see this very, very quickly. So around nine years ago, um, I was watching uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, and I saw uh, Sam Harris and Bill Maher debate Ben Affleck live on the show about radical Islam. Um, You had Bill Maher kind of from this classical liberal sort of perspective, the secular perspective of we're in favor of women's rights, we're in favor of gay rights, so we need to stand against, unfortunately, what the vast majority of believing Muslims around the world happen to believe, which is kind of this radical Islamist view. It was it was very reasonable to point that out, but just because the terms like majority uh, and, and just the fact that Islam was being discussed in a negative context, uh, you had Ben Affleck essentially calling, uh, implying racist connotations to Bill Maher and Sam Harris in their criticisms. I remember waking up the following day, and this is when I was already starting to get um, involved in the atheist community. This was shortly before I joined a local atheist group in my community. And, and this is around the time I was in high school. I was in the process of trying to start Uh, an atheist student group. So I was already knowledgeable of the movement, all the different national think tank and nonprofit leaders, all the different local meetup leaders. I was in that world. And on my Facebook newsfeed the following day, I immediately started to see atheist leaders. This was back in 2014 when things were still pretty good in the atheist movement. Um, Atheist leaders attacking Bill Maher, attacking Sam Harris for daring to uh, criticize Islam the same way that they've criticized Christianity and Judaism and all these other belief systems around the world. Uh, and that was sort of a, a awakening moment for me. It made me realize that that not all the skeptics are skeptical. Not all the so-called free thinkers are actually applying reason in the correct, mm-hmm. most correct way. And if you dare get involved in the Facebook comment sections of any of these very, very, very toxic, very, very radical people, you will immediately get 10 different Facebook replies from the most egregious feminists, the most egregious Black Lives Matter apologists, the most egregious, very, very, very far to the left, very extreme. I'm not talking liberal. I'm not talking team blue. Very, very far radical apologists dogpiling you, going mm-hmm. ad hominem on you, doing whatever they can to sep- make sure that you are separated from the rest of their tribe. And I saw this year after year after year. And it didn't just happen on social media. It happened within the board meetings of so many different influential atheist organizations. It happened, um, you know, on podcasts. It happened on atheist YouTube channels where all this stuff relating to this kind of woke mind virus um, accumulated into the ultimate disillusion of the new atheist counterculture. Um, Sort of... yeah, that, that kind of starting moment. These people do not want to actually have an honest conversation with you. They want to do whatever they can to divorce you from the tribe and to make sure that you're snapped out, you're kicked out. And ultimately, they won that battle. 
they control that that dead ghost or dead corpse of that old movement, that old community that really is just a ghost in and of itself. It's not actually sustainable anymore. Do you feel comfortable kind of naming names? I mean, I, I will say that I think that Matt Dillahanty is pretty bad on this. That's one of them. Matt, on the other hand, that's I would definitely say that, one of them. Oh yeah, uh, David C. Smalley is is actually pretty good still. I feel like Smalley, he would. Smalley, yeah, we we can go over it. Actually, this is this is a great fun part. So so yeah, going over some names here. Matt Dillahunty, unfortunately, yes, I, he was somebody who I looked up to for many years. He was one of the main hosts on the Atheist Experience. Um, I think there was a schism that happened nearly a year ago where now he wasn't a host there, but but he was very influential for a while, and I was entertained every Sunday watching their live streams where they debate Christians and other religious people that would call in about religion. I, I absolutely admired him for his work. Um, he was on the, I think he's still on the American Atheist Board of Directors as well, um, but he was involved in falsely, uh, it, it basically in, in trying to ruin David Silverman's life. This is my personal opinion, by the way, my personal opinion, everybody. Um, but, but I saw the damage that was done. Um, he essentially uh, told David Silverman that uh, various incidents relating to uh, some sexual encounters that occurred at an American Atheist Conference in 2015 was a water under the bridge. There was a recording from 2016 that was released then. But all of a sudden then in 2018 uh, and into 2019, when David Silverman started to push back against these allegations, David Silverman was the bad guy. David Silverman was the, the, the evil, misogynistic, horrible, former atheist leader that needs to be attacked by any means necessary. So Matt uh, went against his own word, I would argue, in the name of wokeism, in the name mm -hmm. of this this religion of, if you accuse a man of something, it doesn't matter uh, the merits or the facts of the situation. If they contradict the claims, um, that person is automatically guilty. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and no forgiveness or redemption as well. So, so Matt Dillahunty was one of them. You mentioned David Smalley. Um, he, this is my personal view. I think he is blind a little bit to some of the realities of what happened to the atheist community. I think he is still so warped up in the bubble of we, uh, I don't like the division that happened in the atheist movement, but I still don't want to work with some of those people who went in a different direction on the other side. Oh, interesting. Okay, I could see that. So, yeah. so like, for for instance, uh, in no way am I advocating as a president of Atheists for Liberty that you need to be either like an anti-woke liberal, a libertarian, or a conservative. I don't care what what right. ideology you possess, but I think in order to build that new movement, the new movement that we are creating and successfully creating, you need to be willing to work with atheists of different political alignments. This is the problem that happened in the, the collapse of the old atheist movement because right. we didn't want to work with any atheists that were maybe semi-right-wing on anything. We didn't want to work with any atheists that were classically mm. liberal, even though it's all the classically liberal atheists that like actually made the atheist movement successful. So Smalley, right. I like David Smalley. He's a good guy. Um, I think he unfortunately has some blind spots, but I, you know, if he ever wants to talk to us, he certainly can. But I know he's, uh, I think he's not doing much in the realm of skepticism or atheism these days. Could be wrong. Though. Yeah, he's, he's doing a lot of like comedy plus anti-Trump stuff, which I'm totally okay with. And but let, yeah. let, me, let me maybe articulate my, my view on this. See if you agree. So, I mean, I'm, I'm also, I grew up very conservative and then I became very liberal. I still consider myself quite liberal, more, mm -hmm. I guess, libertarian-y. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm totally happy to like 
own being a progressive and just say like, I'm the right type of progressive. I, I think I'm not ready to throw away that word at all or just like hand it off to, to you know, angry college freshmen, right? <laughs> um, but so so this is this is this is my take on the whole like wokeness thing that I think is slightly poisonous to the atheism movement. I I I'm like totally with you. I am so happy for people to to be conservative or liberal in their views. I think that everyone needs to yeah. just like tolerate other people's perspectives, realize that no one is stuck in in time and people's all people's views are like shifting and we can all be changed in our views and like just acknowledging that rather than like judging someone for having like the, the like wrong think, right? right. So, you know, just to take a couple of issues, like the transgender movement, that's like a big issue right now. All that I want for woke people to acknowledge to be, in my view, you know, kind of kind of reasonable or open to to discussion on this topic is just acknowledge that there's a conflict between women's rights and the rights of transgender people. Just just acknowledge it. You don't have to like you can maybe say that transgender people's rights trump women's rights. You can say that, but you have to like say that, right? You and you have to that. acknowledge that. Yeah. And also just acknowledge that social contagion is real and it's super powerful in young people's lives. And social contagion also applies to the trans, to being transgender. Everything applies to it. Well, you know, chewing bubble gum, it applies to social contagion. So why wouldn't it? just, just acknowledge social contagion exists right. and it's, it's part of this phenomenon, just acknowledge it, right? Or if you were to say like cancel culture, Another example, just, I mean, acknowledge that we're all imperfect. We all have wrong think. We all have retrograde ideas. I will say this, that I lived in San Francisco for several years, knew a ton of like hyper woke people, the type of people on Twitter who are saying, you know, who are canceling people. You Okay, you get those people drunk. <laughs> get the hyper woke people drunk. And all of a sudden they're saying like, like totally inappropriate shit. And, and like, I'm just not shocked by that because we're all humans and we all have kind of subversive views because, you know, life is complicated and messy. But like, it's that type of person who is just like out there canceling people and pretending like they're holier than thou. I think that, so anyway, I could kind of ramble on about that, take that issue by issue. And I think that there's like just a way to be reasonable about even hyper woke positions, yeah. but just like acknowledge, acknowledge, you know, the other side and, and that sort of thing. What do you think about that view? Is that kind of how you see oh, this? Oh, I, I love that view. See, see, I, I didn't even want atheist celebrity to exist, actually, believe it or not. I very much wish that the, the, the old institutions of the atheist community, um, the, the not national nonprofits, the, the organizations that ran certain conferences, the various coming out as atheist projects, the openly secular stuff, I'm an out atheist stuff, normalize atheism, whatever. Uh, I, I wished all those institutions remained healthy. The reason why Atheists for Liberty exists is because we had to jump ship from everything, every, every institution, every skeleton that basically existed in that framework. Nearly all of it caved to this kind of social justice mind virus. And I want to be very clear. Um, for a long time, I advocated for the position of if you want to be woke and if you want to hold critical social justice views and you are a super duper progressive and you are in that bubble, fine. If you want to be a conservative or Republican atheist on the other end of the spectrum of things, fine. We all originally united in the atheist community 
because we like to protect the separation between church and state and we want to normalize atheism and we're, we're skeptical and we, we might agree on a few other slight political issues that relate to religion like gay marriage and stuff like that that's what we that's the only stuff that really we were binded on you know and that's fine if you want to be a part of a different movement that focused on different stuff, if you really are the social justice activist against misogyny or this, this systemic racism or whatever, whatever ism that you want to complain about at the end of the day, there are so many other movements, so many other organizations, so right. many other entities with budgets way higher than what we had in the atheist community. The limited amount of funds that we had in the atheist community, the limited amount of donors that we had in the atheist movement. Go and do all that social justice stuff there. Right. But these people didn't want that. They wanted to push out any atheist. And I would even argue that this is the majority of atheists, center left, center, center right, right, you know, even even a little bit more leftward of that, uh, of that stuff, um, who wanted to originally just talk about the main things that brought the atheist community together. You know, people stopped going to atheist conferences and atheist events, one, because a lot of the reasonable people got kicked out or pushed out either on social media or in board meetings or whatever. But I would even argue then that majority that didn't, they just left. They didn't want to be associated with this stuff at all. They didn't want to be in a room with people who wouldn't at least even tolerate them being in the room. Agreeing right. to disagree on all these separate political issues that we weren't all meant to agree on in the first place. Yeah, it's be okay in the room to talk about yeah. atheism. Right, exactly. Okay, well, let me and let that's me the ask you the reason this. why we exist. We exist right. because we had no choice but to exist. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of wild to think about what or how deeply entrenched Christianity is in our culture even today. Like it's it's wildly entrenched in so many ways. Let me let me ask you this though, because to me the the reason why I still find myself invested in the atheist community, you know, whatever that that means or amounts to, sure. is because I think that it is important to normalize atheism. Going to the, the first value listed on your website, I think that that's a really important thing to strive for. I do think that it's just naturally going to become normalized as the world secularizes and that sort of a thing. Do you think that if, let's say, 90% of the American public becomes atheist, and we've we've gone through five atheist presidents, this is looking into the future, right? Does the atheist movement, does Atheists for Liberty at that point disband and say, job well done, guys, we, we won? Or is there work to do beyond just you know, that where everyone becomes an atheist and then we're all chilling in a super secular society? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question. I think it really depends on some of the individual issues. So maybe we would pivot as an organization. So we focus a lot on domestic issues, but say if there aren't too many international programs helping out maybe the ex-Muslim community or or, or um, secular literacy abroad, maybe maybe we'd pivot there and focus on that. Uh, maybe uh, there's there's an issue with that 10%, maybe 2% of the 10% of religious demographics remaining are very radical. Uh, you know, what if what if jihad starts to become popular again in the US or, or something like that? You know, there are a lot of different scenarios um, there that I could see atheists for liberty still existing. But honestly, if enough of these issues are capped either by other entities, other organizations, other individuals, other social movements or whatever, or, or if there's not, or if none of those issues exist to begin with, in that future with the five atheist presidents and the 90% secularism that's that's in the U.S. or atheism that's in the U.S., um, I could see us shutting down and saying, "We did it, mission accomplished, well done." 
Um, I don't want atheists for liberty to exist forever. I want us to exist for a certain period of time, if that's several decades or a century or whatever, um, so be it. And then I would like this organization to become immortalized, um, as it should. There is a soul in, in the world of nonprofits. You have a mission. And once that mission is accomplished, you pack it up and you call it a day. I would argue a good chunk of these so-called social justice organizations should do just that because they wanted equality of opportunity. I think um, I think for a lot of them, they got that equality of opportunity in 2015 with the Obergefell decision. And then you could argue, well, we didn't get that passed uh, through the legislature. Well, we got that passed in 2022 with the Respect for Marriage Act. So what are we doing now? Oh, we're uh, non-binary activists. Okay. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Understood. Um, you know, but but th that's that's the honest truth uh, from the Atheist for Liberty perspective. We have a mission. We we see what the new atheists tried to accomplish as, as not fully completed yet. In fact, a lot of people are now unfortunately turning on atheism or turning on new atheism because they they are buying into the marketing of some of our theocratic opponents that, oh, we all we all need religion and atheism is bad and atheism doesn't fill the void. So we all need to ditch atheism, guys, and go back to something else that shows we're needed even more. Hmm. That shows that our mission is now more important than ever. You have these woke religionists, you know, taking over all of our institutions, defending the most radical aspects of of Islam in the name of their diversity. And then you have a new Christian nationalism that's also rising with Gen Z in certain parts of the right. Well, he got a lot of work to do still. So um, I want us to get to that point where also we have those five atheist presidents, where we have that 90 percent atheism. Obviously, is that going to solve every issue of do you know dogmatism existing? No, uh, there will always be different kinds of dogmas that we as skeptics have to uh, rightfully stand up against. Um, but I, I think it'll solve a lot of a lot of problems. And it's very possible, yeah, that atheists for liberty, um, atheists for liberty could cease to exist by then. This is this is one of the things that I I ignore this a lot, but you know every now and then in the news I'm reminded of it that Christian nationalism is very scary. It's it's terrifying. If you look at like I grew up religious, and I think that a lot of people who didn't grow up religious may not understand this. When I was like 15 and I was very deeply embedded in you know I yeah you know, by that point I'd read the Bible through twice this sort of thing. If you get really into it. The logical thing is to take it all seriously and to want to take it to its extreme. So people who are who are, you know, uh, Muslim extremists or Christian fundamentalists, I get it. Like I was on that path I, because if, if the thing is real, if God really exists and you're going to be in judgment day along with everybody else. What do you do what you can to 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 follow the literal word of your God? Exactly. And these books were written. Point thousands and thousands of years ago. So they're very ancient and they're very, by modern standards, however you slice the cake, it's scary, right? And that's what these people, I think that the loudest voices, they want a really upside down culture where yeah. like God really is at the top and there is no such thing as a separation of church and state. I, I mean, I love talking about the wokeness issue because it's, it's so much more like fun in, in my world. But I think that it's good to remember that the Christian nationalist movement and similar other movements associated with other religions, they're scary and they could potentially do real, yeah. I mean, not only damage to social causes, but like the foundations of our democracy. Talk about that a little bit. And do you see that as still like kind of the main threat? Oh, absolutely. So, so this is this is my this is my whole problem with the anti woke movement. Okay, I consider myself to be a part of the anti woke movement. It's very important that we talk and criticize wokeness. 
Um, it is a religion in and of itself. We do focus on it at Atheists for Liberty because wokeness in many cases inhibits our ability to get things done in many respects. Um, so so I am still totally on the anti-woke train. I, I don't want us to ever become kind of like a loose collection of non-woke liberals that just get too uncomfortable right. on fully addressing wokeness and we're right. only going to go after the the things that you know make us nice and comfy like you know combating christian nationalism and you know using an obama or mlk jr quote to justify us you know i i'll be very clear about that um uh yet simultaneously we do have to remember that as secular activists we have to be objective into how we see the world and 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 how we observe the forces that are right now growing in order to take us down. There is a new Christian nationalism that is rising. I'm not talking about the old religious right of the 80s that is dying down. I'm talking about something very very new. Um, it's 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 not as evangelical or Protestant in its nature. It's more Roman Catholic and Orthodox. Um, uh, some of its most fervent leaders, despite the fact that Gen Z is the most non-religious generation ever, uh, along with the millennials. Um, uh, some of the leaders of this Christian nationalist movement that is now rising uh, are filled with Gen Z leaders, Gen Z type people. Oh, Nick Fuentes is a great mm. example of this. Yeah. Um, and, and even people that are not as radical as him that are a little more mainstream and able to get involved in the conservative movement a little bit. Their goals right now are to try to pull all these anti-woke communities like the liberty movement, the libertarians, the conservative movement, the Republican Party, uh, uh, the, the, the populist areas too of politics, and pull them away from kind of this big tent secularism or this kind of classical liberal marketing and more in line of we need to be against gay marriage again, homosexuality is degenerate, um, Christ is king, this kind of stuff. And over the last um, few years they have been gaining ground. And I, I disagree with a good chunk of the conservative movement that's opposed to them in saying, oh, we just need to ignore them. We need to pretend they don't exist. That hasn't been working. We need to call them out for what they are. These people literally, Nick Nick, actually in his speech, um, he gave a speech at, uh, uh, it, across from the main hotel that CPAC 2023 was being held at, at, a, at a neighboring hotel. And in his speech with, with I would assume, hundreds of Groypers present, um, he said that we are going to make the 21st century the most Christian century in the history of the planet. He said that. And I believe his intentions. Mm -hmm. I believe his intentions yeah, yeah. and I believe the intentions of these other Christian nationalists. And the problem is that I think there's a good chunk of the anti-woke movement that is taking the bait. That is that is saying, oh, well, there is a God-shaped hole. There is a void. And atheism doesn't fill that void, and I don't have much meaning in life, and I'm seeing all this nihilism that's happening in my either in my family life or my personal life or maybe a, a breakup or a divorce that didn't go so well. And we need to all go to church again. Oh, look how beautiful these cathedrals are. Therefore, not only not only is the history of that religion beautiful, but the religion itself must be true. Or I'm going to pretend that it's true, and I'm going to go back to church. And the thing that scares me, and I'm, I'm going to be talking about this more when I go on more shows and, and as our streaming series continues to uh, on our Atheists for Liberty channels, um, this new Christian nationalism is being it, – it, it, it's being powered by kind of the – some of the anti-woke, even anti-woke liberals that are mm. giving into this kind of we-need-religion marketing, despite the fact that Atheism is still rising. Secularism is still rising. This narrative is not being believed by the majority, but it's starting to believe by a certain loud minority. And that's very scary. Uh, it's not true. I completely understand from a humanistic point of view that some people need purpose. I understand that some people lack meaning. Um, you have my respect and you have my sympathy. 
for that. I want to be very, very clear. A lot's been going on in my life personally over the last year, year and a half. The human experience is a very unique and crazy one. Um, and I'm not say, saying as this a big atheist leader that I have all the answers for you. We just need to be super reasonable and watch, you know, Michael Schirmer lectures from 10 years ago. And all of a sudden your life is going to have absolute purpose and yay us. No, no, I'm not saying that. But but pointing out to something that, you know, isn't true and pointing to something that, you know, is completely unreasonable. And you know that the majority of people are not going to do the majority of Americans are not going to go back to church anymore. The majority right, right. of people in the Western world are not going to go back to religion. We need secular solutions. Do I have all the solutions? No, I don't, Peter. No, I don't, guys. But this kind of religious softness that's happening now, it's only giving rise and it's only giving credibility to the people, the Christian nationalists and the far right people that you claim to oppose. And this is the problem that I have to deal with now as AFL president. This stuff, my, my comms team sends me a whole list of articles and news about this rising tide. And it's scary. It is scary. And it's real. I'm not exaggerating this. This is a problem. And if we don't remain vigilant, if we don't remain determined to be activistic in our support for secularism and our support for enlightenment values, and also saying like, hey, you, you can have the freedom to do whatever you want. I care about religious freedom and freedom of religion too. But we're also atheists. We need to be honest as to what we know is true and what we know isn't. And I don't care if it looks super 2013. I don't care if it doesn't look as hip uh, instead of saying Christ is king. It doesn't matter. God still isn't real. Let's be honest. You know, I, I think that's a really important thing you said that uh, we need secular solutions to this idea of people are, are feeling like they lack meaning or purpose in their lives. One thing that I find fascinating about this is that the idea that we need a sense of purpose in our lives, that itself is kind of a Christian value. It's kind of something that that itself needs to be examined just a little mm -hmm. bit, I would say. And it, it seems really interesting to me that you can examine whether or not you know you actually need a purpose in life. And I just recently read this guy, Emile Charon. He's this French philosopher, and he's kind of a nihilist, but it's like silly. It's like fun reading. It's like you read his shit and like you laugh, like it's, it's very good. And he turns this whole thing upside down about whether or not you even need a purpose or a meaning in, in life. And he has a, like a famous quote that's kind of a good example of, of his, uh, you know, his thoughts is uh, you should never commit suicide because whenever you do, it's already too late. It's kind of funny. You know, the whole idea that we even need a purpose I don't know. Like it's some that's something to examine. I think that like more people need things like like families and friends and like food and shelter, like basic shit. And if you have a fun, fulfilling life, that is your purpose, right? And and like you don't even have to call it that. The idea that we call it that and like pursue it as a thing with this 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 term, I think that that's kind of a Christian value that we're we're all kind of holding on to, which is interesting. I, and I actually understand the the points that some of my critics or maybe some of the critics of atheism hold that uh, there is, you know, is there a God shaped hole argument? Maybe I don't even I, you know, I'm not the top most expert on that topic. Um, uh, you know, there's this argument as well that's been made. Oh, we're religious animals. We're religious creatures. Sure. We're, we're mammals. Fine. Uh, that still doesn't mean that the supernatural is real. That doesn't mean that there's any evidence that the supernatural is real. Maybe we we are 
um, maybe our brains are wired to where we do feel like we have to have some kind of uh, higher purpose in terms of, you know, how we can accomplish our, our life's goals. Sure, fine. I, may, I, I, can, I can see myself conceding to that even. Um, that still doesn't, that still doesn't take atheism out of business. Right. <laughs> that right. still that still doesn't solve the question on is there a God or is there not a God? That still doesn't solve the solution of you as a non-religious person should not be persecuted in, in your own country, in your family, in your community for not believing something that has no evidence. Mm-hmm. Right. That still doesn't that's still uh, that, that's still a discussion that is still that still needs to be had around the country in communities around this country. Um, and and I, it's it's I, I I'm just so sick of hearing this kind of stuff because it's it's almost like we a few years ago, everybody was talking about this thing called the regressive left that was happening, which gave wise to focus and right the branding of that. I'm almost seeing certain atheists regress us back Mm. towards dogma, back towards faith. And no matter what personal antidote that might solve for your own personal problems or hormonal issues that you have or psychological issues you might be having. You, you especially for some of the thought leaders that have been advocating for this, you have an entire audience and you have an entire country that is looking up to you, looking upon you and advocating for people to go back for, to something that you know is irrational. That isn't really good. That isn't really healthy and sustainable for the future of our nation and the future of our culture. It's why I'm still in business. It's why people are so, still joining Atheists for Liberty, because people know this. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's a that's a great point. Um, so I want to I want to pivot to a recent video that you put on your YouTube channel. It was titled, Is there a new satanic panic? Can you spell out that question and your thoughts on that? Um, I think, unfortunately, there is. Uh, in fact, this is exactly what I was kind of talking about with the rise of this kind of new Christian nationalism that exists. Um, I have a very interesting view towards Satanism and Satanists and the branding Me of the too. I want to get your take on it. Um, yeah. I'm more conservative on it, uh, actually. I think from an optics perspective, it's not a good thing um, because if you were to believe that Christianity is true and real and that there is God, Satan is the literal enemy of God. Satan is the enemy of Christianity. Satan is meant to be the enemy of, I guess you could say, American Christians, right? Um in no way am I arguing that we need to be soft towards religion or soft towards our critiques of religion. I use a controversial term called atheist. We are atheists for liberty. But we use the term atheists for liberty because atheist term of it is understood by at least 90% of the American population. So as we call ourselves atheists for liberty, as we're doing good and, and, and shaking hands with people even who we slightly disagree with on certain issues, either politically or theologically, um, we're normalizing the term. It's very hard in my view to normalize the term Satan, to normalize the term Satanism, where the actual legitimate origin point of that is the enemy of the Christians, the enemy of God. And when it comes to this idea of a literal Satan, I don't believe in that. I view it just to be to be just as nonsensical as Christianity is and Judaism and Islam is. Um, I understand one point, though, of the activist Satanists of the Satanic Temple who are really atheists who just call themselves Satanists. I like their tactic of being absolutely absurd when it comes to their opposition of Christians violating the separation between church and state. So if there's a, yeah, a Ten Commandments monument on a government 
property, they'll have like a giant satanic statue or a child sitting on on Satan's lap in order to counter that. And I actually view that as a good thing because what I would like to see is those Christians that are violating, those religious people that are violating the separation between religion and government. You don't want that crazy, insane Satan statue up there. I'm with you on that, actually, Christians. Mm-hmm. Go take down your own statue, too. If it's on secular government land, put it on a church. Put it on a religious institution. I would be just as much against the government coming into your church and telling you what statues you can and can't have on your property. Um you know, so 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 that that's my view of Satanism. I view Satanism mm-hmm. and satanic branding as absurd. Now, I'll also go into two things. I think when it comes to wokeism and certain woke companies, woke influencers, um, mm-hmm. there is a move by some of these people to le- legitimately um, brand themselves as satanic mm-hmm. um, in order to get a rise out of people, in order to. Um, some of them are also just so either brainwashed into wokeism or even mentally ill themselves. Um, uh, I am very much opposed to what Target did several weeks ago, around a month ago, the the special swimsuits. Some of them sizes for toddlers and babies and children that have their ability, you know, people's ability or the ability for males to to kind of tuck in their body parts to make them look more female. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with equality whatsoever. That has to do with just a very, very weird subset of people that um, that I think are just not in line with reality. As a man of science, as a free thinker, me stating that. Um, and some of these people, I think the, the, the one person who came out with that collection for Target, uh, he, he, he identified as a Satanist. Um, oh, I so don't know that. that. Real. There are some people that are legitimately calling themselves um, satanic. And I am opposed to that. I think that's really, really bad optics. Uh, I think it just doesn't do anything good for society, for the country. On the other hand, with this new Christian nationalism that is that is um, spreading, it's forcing the conservative movement to now call so many different things that they happen to disagree with satanic and satanism. Yeah. And I am opposed to that as well. So unfortunately, there is a new rise of a satanic panic where you have people in the conservative movement calling anything they disagree with satanic just like how there are some things that are called woke now on certain conservative media outlets that aren't actually woke that aren't actually in line with the crazies who preach critical social justice but are maybe like slightly liberal or to the left of their own right-wing positions there is a real wokeness there is a real critical wokeness critical social justice element that is engulfing all of society it is really bad and needs to be opposed on all levels simultaneously there are also woke people using the term satan and that's bad. And then on the other end, we need to also call out uh, people in the conservative movement for when they call anything they disagree with satanic, because that's just wrong, too. And it gives rise to this new Christian nationalism that we as secular activists need to oppose. OK, yeah, that's yeah. That's my no, long I, answer. <laughs> I absolutely see see all of that. Just to stand up for Satanism, just for like a second, from my perspective. Um, I, I'm all about like the, the the narratives that people create. And I think that they're very foundational to cultures. And I think that it's people need symbolism, even if they don't need religion. I think symbolisms, you know, and analogies, these sorts of things just help us make sense of life. So in, in my view, and I'm I, this is like an esoteric view, and it always will be. And I totally get that. And I think that Satanism as branded as like a dark you know, goth-ish thing is kind of kind of dumb and cringe. But I like the idea that Satan is not the enemy of God as understood in the Christian narrative, 
but Satan is the light bringer and the destroyer of the tyrant that is God by giving light to humanity and knowledge and saying, pursue this, Adam and Eve, uh, knowledge on your own terms so that you can not just be the slave to this tyrant, but that you can define life on your own terms. And this is a thread that goes through ancient culture, like Prometheus, right, gets gets fire from the gods. And and I I have this article that became semi-popular online a couple years ago, still weirdly gets read quite a bit. It's called um, Satanic Transhumanism, the Future of Reason. And I kind of spell out this line of thought that, because, you know, like there's this idea that Christian transhumanism is a thing that's, uh, you know, kind of like, going to rise. And I want to talk about this a little bit in a second. The idea that, you know, when the singularity happens, it is going to make us one with God because maybe there will be an AI God or there are different ways that this, this kind of rolls out. Right. Whereas the, uh, the satanic transhumanism maintains like an atheist view that there is no God. There's, this doesn't fit into any Christian narrative. There's no revelation happening guys. It's just like, you know, we are given the power from, the heavens, as it were, to uh, to find knowledge on our own terms, even if that means creating God in our own image, not the other way around. I think that that's kind of fascinating. Do you think that there's there's anything there, or is this yeah, just too much? Yeah, don't, for... don't get me wrong. I think some of that's fascinating too. Yeah, you know, I okay. think the majority of the American population is going to understand it in the way that you do. Unfortunately, no. No. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. I, you know, and, and granted, some people could say, well, Thomas, what about the word atheist? There's a lot of Christians who say that the word atheist means baby eater. Yeah, but that's dying down every year. That 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 yeah. that idea of what atheism is is dying down every year. Thanks to um, the good that the former atheist movement did and what we're trying to do now, more and more people are understanding that atheism really is just a lack of belief. When you have within Christian doctrine and Christian theology, Satan being seen as this little enemy of God and being seen as evil. Right. Um, I, I just think that it's very bad marketing, very bad branding. Uh, I, there are some people, even in atheist sorority, that get along with some people at TSU. Uh, I know David Silverman, uh, our advisory board chair at Atheist for Liberty, has a decent, uh, friendly relationship with Lucian Greaves. Um, cool. Uh, but simultaneously, I just really think that the marketing and the branding of that kind of non-religious Satanism is detrimental. Um, and I used to have a different view of this a few years ago when I was more involved with the Secular Student Alliance and stuff like that. I would see Lucian Greaves come to the conferences, and I very much like the idea of doing whatever you can to oppose the violations of church-state separation. Uh, I, I laugh at at some of the good things that they have done almost uh, in, in doing whatever they can to oppose that kind of Christian nationalism in the most absurd ways. But um, but uh, it's it's... It's kind of annoying because it also means that there's extra work for us to do at AFL in terms of kind of differentiating ourselves. So, for instance, mm. uh, this has nothing to do with AFL. This has to do with me. Uh, I've been somewhat involved. I'm, I'm becoming slightly less involved because AFL is taking so much time uh, off my off my plate. Um, uh, but I but I'm I'm somewhat still involved in the Republican Party um, in in New York State. Uh, there are a lot of different YR chap young Republican chapters that follow me on Twitter and stuff like that. And um, uh, the Broom County uh, GOP and the Broom County wires, the Broom County wires follow me on Twitter. Um, uh, they made a statement against an Erie County uh, school uh, that is now having an after school. And I think this is elementary school, an after school Satan club. And I am very much in line of promoting secularism and non-religiosity and reason. I literally got my start in the movement by starting an SSA chapter at my high school, literally nearly got into a lawsuit to do it, literally got a $5,000 scholarship. That that was like my kickstart. 
um, really into kind of gradually rising as an atheist leader. Um, I, I love atheist activism of, of nearly all kinds, uh, but I think it's so bad optics. And the problem is, is that what, what are the young Republicans within Broome County going to think? Even the young Republicans that might slightly be going more towards secularism, like what I'm trying to do here, they're going to think, oh, God, this kind of this kind of insanity. Maybe this is attributed to, to non-religiosity or us losing faith now in America. Oh, boy, I'm going to take a hardened stance to do whatever I can to oppose this club, to oppose non-religion in the schools now. I think it's just it's 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 also regressive. It's regressive mm -hmm. because it's it's most people just don't know, you know, what what this stuff really means. And it just gives us more hard work to do. Um, it's just yeah. not worth the benefit when you could be a firebrand atheist like myself opposing church state separation uh, violations and doing it with the same amount of veracity, the same amount of energy, just with a different name. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I could talk a lot about atheism. I mean, uh, Satanism. I, I mean, I think the one thing that just really drags down that movement is I mean, it, it is just optics. They've never had like a cool person who is, I mean, like Jack Parsons came so close to being, he was the guy who founded like the, the American rocketry program, right? He was way into the OTO, the, the, the Lima and all that type mm -hmm. of shit, which is a, a, a version of, a, of uh, Satanism. Um, he's, he's like, he's like an Elon Musk character. He was, it's like if Elon Musk were like a Satanist, something like that could actually totally transform how everybody sees that whole thing, that whole world of, of thought, you could say. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening, though. You know, Jack Parsons was as yeah. close as we've ever come. And nobody at all is able to be part of the mainstream and be cool, you know? And that, that's a problem. That's that's just a problem. Like, nobody like who's super goth is cool, like, broadly. Right. To, you have to appeal to soccer moms and shit like that. Well, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe like the woke movement, does, you know? maybe the woke movement is going to change that, but I don't think it's going to be for the better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, setting that aside for a second, or for, you know, I, I, I want to ask, you know, that we're, we're a futurism podcast. We talk about the future. So I, I can't not ask this question. We are in the process as a species of building artificial intelligence. A lot of very smart people right now are saying that we are perhaps on the cusp, like within our lifetimes, of creating an artificial intelligence that is as smart as us. The second that happens and is autonomous, then it will ramp up its intelligence to be godlike within like days or weeks because it can just compound its, its intelligence until effectively we will have created God. As an atheist and as someone who I imagine loves the... the the autonomy that you don't have to like bow down to a God or pray to a God or have eat, think about it in your relationship with you, yourself in relation to God. I think that's, that's important to you, right? What do you think about the idea that we might be on a path of creating a God figure? And do you think that that, do you have any thoughts about that from, from your perspective? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not going to go on a show uh, like some others that I know or another person that I know uh, pretending to be an expert on AI when I'm really not. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I do have some concerns. Um, uh, I do I do question how quickly what ChatGPT4 
has advanced so quickly compared to the previous iterations. Uh, I am very concerned when Elon Musk, uh, uh, as well as I think the current CEO of Apple and a few other companies, I think like six leading experts um, of companies, uh, I think this was several months ago, they made a call for all these AI development companies to stop for I think half a year or nine months or something of right. that nature for us to examine um, the real consequences of AI development if we don't get a handle on it. Um, I, I do share that concern, um, but it's not coming from any place of experience or knowledge. And I'll be very clear about that. I've started to use ChatGPT. We at Atheists for Liberty do use ChatGPT for some of the things that we have to do um, you know, day to day. Uh, it is very beneficial. I'm not going to lie. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I can totally understand why so many people are using it and we're going to continue to use it. That doesn't mean that I nor any other skeptic or, or anybody who's watched any Terminator movie um, <laughs> uh, isn't going to have any reservation or any skepticism at all about AI. I think we should. I think it's healthy that we that we should. And um, I don't want to create a god. I don't want to create um, some kind of entity that is our overlord, our master, our savior. I very much care about the autonomy of the individual. That's why we are all, not only an atheist organization, but we are branded as atheists for liberty. We care about individual liberty a lot. Um, not to say we're like solely libertarian or right wing either. We really are, we're not left wing. We're not right wing. Um, but we care about liberty because we think that individual liberty is one of the building blocks that makes our push for enlightenment values and secularism possible. And. I never want us to be successful in creating a new God. I would love AI to be an amazing attachment, just like the phone was, just like, you know, what what um, what Apple and Android products have been. You know, I'm reminded of, you know, uh, this, I think this happened a few days ago was the six, the 16 year anniversary of Steve Jobs's presentation uh, presenting the iPhone to the world. And I think that's mm -hmm. going to be actually one of the most pivotal moments when people look back on the 21st century. Um, that one um, that one PowerPoint that he essentially gave um, to everybody. Uh, I want AI to kind of be seen as that kind of extension, a helpful bonus tool, not one of the main components that makes you you, but something that you can use in your everyday life to better your life. And it should always be that way. Mm -hmm. Now, for anybody in the future, looking at this podcast, looking at the show and being like, Thomas said this about AI. Gotcha. Again, I am not an expert on this. I am not learned in this. I should read up more on this, um, even though I'm not, you know, some arbiter of hard science either, uh, even though I'm an advocate for science. Um, yeah, that, that's that's really my view on AI. Work in progress, uh, not coming on the show to, to, to claim to be uh, the expert on AI, unlike some other people. Right, yeah. I, one of the people who's very fascinating in this topic is this guy, um, Frank J. Tipler. You may mm -hmm. be interested in, in this idea of, I mentioned this, this previously, this is part of that like Christian transhumanism idea that, okay, we will create God or we, we will reach the singularity so that, you know, all like intelligence is maximalized. And then we're, everyone who's ever died resurrects Right. And then we live in paradise with a supreme being who is just all knowledge and effectively the, the Christian God. It is so interesting how, I mean, you do just talk about these things just for like five seconds and all of a sudden you are just 
way out there in a sci-fi scenario. Yeah. And so, I mean, I love talking about those scenarios. I think that you're right though, that like everyone needs to just, just even the experts, I think need to kind of come back to the the view that we're just kind of talking about sci-fi guys. We're just kind of speculating. No one exactly knows what the limits of yeah. intelligence are going to be in terms of like what we can create. I, I mean, I, I mean, but I do like what Sam Harris says on this, that intelligence is good and we're going to pursue it and we will continue to create increasingly intelligent artificial beings. And I think that that's just like, that's, that's absolutely going to happen. And that's why I yeah. think it's important to talk about. Right. But I think that, yeah, again, I think that we need to just like make sure we, we all kind of know we're, we're basically talking about sci-fi here. Uh, well, Thomas, it was, it was great having you on the show. Um, let me know what, where can people find out more about you and about your organization and yeah. what you're up to next? So, so everybody, Thank you so much again, Peter, for having me. So so uh, anybody who's tuning in who wants to learn more, they can go to atheistsforliberty.org. That is A-T-H-E-I-S-T-S for liberty dot org. You can follow Atheist for Liberty on Twitter at Atheist Liberty. We're also on Instagram, YouTube. We have a streaming series that, that uh, goes live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, where we're interviewing similar people, the greatest minds of the 21st century. Uh, we got a college tour coming up. I'll announce that, although we're going to do more of a formal announcement of things later on. We got a college tour coming up in the fall semester where we're trying to go to 24 different campuses to talk about using reason and logic and and uh, and free thinking uh, to combat these kind of two extremes that we've talked about here on the show, uh, you know, on college campuses where all these ideas are constantly being debated and fought against, sometimes literally, um, right now across all 50 states. We got our state director program that's growing. We have more events that are going on, meetups throughout the country. We do Discord events twice, at least twice a week. We're trying to get a third event going on. Um, I highly recommend that every single person here signs up and becomes a member of Atheists for Liberty today. Uh, the starting price, by the way, if you want to just get the basic membership, it's 12 bucks a year, guys. Build it, market it as a dollar a month. And you get to become part of this new movement. We really are doing whatever we can to change the country, to find loopholes, to do whatever we can to protect enlightenment values and to make sure that we solve problems that other atheist organizations and other liberty-minded organizations are just not doing. So mm -hmm. it requires your help. It requires your support, everybody. And it really means a lot. Um, you can also follow me personally. I, I do a lot of interesting political takes of my own, just like some of the <laughs> non-AFL things I talked about here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom. That's S at S-H-E-E-D-Y-T-H-O-M. I'm looking forward to chatting with you more, Peter, in the future. Again, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Hey, well, I actually don't know if I'm a member of your organization, so I'm going to I'm we'll going to solve online. that after the show. I'm going to send you the link right now. And we'll get you signed up before we get we get off. That sounds uh, great. I'll, I'll put the link in the chat so everyone can can check it out. Hey, well, thanks again for coming on. It was it was great. And yeah, hopefully talk again soon.